more than 100 farmers got licensed in 2022 to grow marijuana for recreational use, with the expectation that there would be a market to sell their crops in the fall and winter. But the state's slow rollout of retail dispensaries has resulted in marijuana farmers being stuck with more than 200,000 pounds of unsold crops and their operations facing significant financial challenges. To discuss the state's response to this crisis, including legislation that made its way through the legislature in June, we're joined on the Capitol Press Room by Assemblymember Donna Lupardo, a Southern-tier Democrat who chairs the Chamber's Committee on Agriculture. Welcome back to the show, Assemblymember. Always a pleasure. Nice to talk with you. It's our pleasure to hear your voice. So generally speaking, how would you describe the current financial situation of the farmers who grew marijuana for recreational sales last year and have yet to find a marketplace for that product? Well, first, I, I just want to make sure we're all using the same language. We, um, in state law, and we're trying to uh, basically discru- discuss this as adult use cannabis, <laughs> to get away from the, the recreational or the marijuana uh, word for that matter. But I would say that uh, among the over 100, I think 175 were licensed, uh, there has to be at least 140 who, who grew under that. Uh, conditional license. I think uh, quite a few of them are suffering extreme financial hardship. Uh, keep in mind that this was the same group of farmers who had experienced growing industrial hemp for us. Uh, they had to have grown that crop for two years. Many of them had crop failures or, um, more importantly, lost a lot of money when the CBD uh, market collapsed. So that was very difficult financial strain to start with. We gave them these conditional licenses to help them have first entry into growing this important crop. And here they are faced with another hardship. So some of them that were, I think, you know, had more capital, more investors, were stronger financially, were better positioned to be those first brands into the stores. The ones that were in particular trying to recover from the the previous losses and also the ones who had the dairy farm that added an acre to try to stabilize their other operations. Now, all of their farms are in jeopardy. So I'd say quite a few of them are in deep, deep financial stress. And we're worried about their mental health as well in the process. Well, you noted in a recent press release that farmers have about 250,000 pounds of unsold cannabis from the 2022 growing season. What's happening to, I guess, the potency and, and the value of that product with every passing day that it's not utilized? We think that about 300,000 pounds were grown worth approximately $500 million. So the number that we're working with right now is 250,000 pounds unsold. It's unclear what its value is at the moment. It's a little ironic, I have found, and certainly Senator Hinchy, who chairs the uh, Committee on Agriculture in the Senate, who's working very closely with me on this, a little ironic when uh, we learned that many people were honestly unaware that this particular crop went bad, just like any other agricultural commodity, agricultural crop, uh, it loses its potency, it loses its color, and it loses its smell. So we have a lot of biomass that hasn't been processed yet for the type of oil that goes into gummies. We need that to happen as soon as possible so it can retain its value and can be shelf-stable to be uh, manufactured into into these consumable products. We have a lot of farmers with high-grade flour or even pre-rolls that are ready to be sold once those retail operations open. And that's a place where we're very concerned because that's more lucrative than the other biomass that goes through mass processing. So the longer it goes, the worse it's getting. And this is the 2022 crop we're talking about. 
many of these farmers don't have the resources to plant the 23 crop that the whole system is relying on. So we're worried. We're worried for our farmers as an essential part of the whole uh, system that we're putting together, the whole adult-use cannabis uh, retail system. And uh, I'm worried about not only their financial viability, but just the future in general of our, you know, of our aspiration to have this be New York farming, New York grown, and justice involved all the way through start to finish. I'm worried about it. Well, you passed legislation through the Capitol recently that allows for marijuana grown for the commercial marketplaces to be sold at Mm -hmm. least temporarily on Mm -hmm. tribal nation lands. When we're talking about 250,000 pounds of product, what sort of dent could this legislation put in the problem facing farmers? Well, let me give you some context. Uh, Back in April, when Senator Hinchy and I were really running out of uh, ways to get people's attention about this, we put out the uh, Cannabis Crop Rescue Act. It would have allowed on-farm sales. And not only that, it would have given uh, farmers uh, loans or grants to help them with the processing, would have helped our processors get this product shelf-stable, ready to go. And that was basically rejected primarily because a lot of municipalities have opted out. Um, they didn't want that happening in their geography. And also, the money wasn't there for, for the, the bailout. So we put out a 2.0 version after being approached by two big tribal nations saying that they were willing to purchase uh, this one-time 2022 crop to sell on their on their tribal lands. Uh, this, in addition to this really great idea that is out there to create pop-up markets at places like the State Fair, Saratoga, and other far, uh, festivals uh, around the state, would really go a long way. So uh, they would really be able to have a number of venues on a pop-up basis, as well as this um, sales to to the tribal nations. Look, um, the Shinnecock tribe, tribal nation on Long Island, for example, just reported to Newsday that they want to spend $10 million. I mean, that's $10 million that's not in the pockets of farmers, whether they're on Long Island or other places. So we'll take whatever we can get at this point to help try to help stabilize this group of, of vulnerable people who are trying to stand up a business. Well, for listeners just joining us, you're listening to the Capitol Press Room, and we're speaking with Assembly Agriculture Committee Chair Donna Lupardo, a Southern Tier Democrat, and we're discussing the plight of New York farmers who grew cannabis in 2022 and have yet to find a home for that product. Uh, We heard from state cannabis regulators back in May that they were creating a direct-to-consumer sales process for farmers' markets. What, if anything, are you hearing about the status of this so-called cannabis growers' showcase proposal? Well, when this was first mentioned to a a group of cannabis growers at an association meeting, it was met with great support. People were ecstatic at this uh, at this possibility. Now that was over a month ago, and recently it was supposed to be uh, a topic of conversation at the last cannabis advisory board. And I understand that it was taken off the agenda at the last moment. So um, I can't report what exactly is going on with that. I just know that there is a huge sense of urgency. Fourth of July is coming up. Festivals are being planned again. Um, At the state fair, we have a terrific section at the fair that's dedicated to agriculture, not only to the animals, but to a variety of products that are grown, processed, and sold in New York. So we're really hoping to see that at the state fair uh, in the agriculture section. And uh, again, we were approached by somebody from Saratoga and other 
all kinds of places around the state who said, yes, we would be willing to do this as a pop-up, help our farmers, add value. Um, so I, I wish I could tell you that any day now, guidance will be issued around this. But if for some reason that does not come through right now, sales to tribal nations is honestly the only solution on the table. And I am praying that that uh, someone uh, will do that at least, uh, the governor signs that bill and, and more uh, to help this group. Well, even if we were to start direct sales at, at farmers markets and also selling product uh, on the Native American land, would there still be a need for, say, some form of a state bailout potentially of these farmers, considering, again, the scope of how much was grown and wasn't sold last year? And is there any conversation about authorizing some sort of state funds or some sort of state loans uh, at this point in the end of June? Well, that's certainly something Senator Hinchy and I have spoken about together. And we will need, obviously, to advance something uh, in next year's budget. Uh, hopefully, we can sort it out before then. But if we have to do a, a, some sort of tax credit on farm losses, keep in mind, this group of farmers has no crop insurance. There's nothing to fall back on if this crop goes bad and they have to dispose it because of federal prohibitions on, on that type of insurance. So, yes, uh, we will make a, not, a lot of noise to help make these farmers whole. But they are so discouraged and let down by the state of New York at this point uh, that it's really the least we can do is to put our heads together to make this right. You sort of touched on this issue, but with the 2023 season upon us, is there any indication that farmers might be reluctant to grow now? Since if they grow a 2023 crop, that's obviously more potent and and more appealing to the uh, processors and the retailers than what was grown in 2022. And that could essentially make that other crop worthless. Is that some sort of catch-22 that you're hearing anything about? There are so many different stories. It's kind of hard to categorize them all in, all in one swoop. But, you know, we have a lot of farmers who aren't able to plant because they couldn't afford to invest in, in the next crop. Some of them had to lay off the very workers that would have helped them with this crop. So there's that whole issue. We do have some, some folks who had, you know, better finances who are plowing along, especially those ones who made their way into the retail market. Uh, so, yes, there's not only a reluctance because of distrust, there's a reluctance because of lack of financing and a lack of staff uh, to help out. Um, but, yeah, this crop that we're sitting on right now still has a lot of value. Uh, that biomass is still valuable, especially if it's been stored right uh, to, you know, to become something, uh, the type of oil that's used for, for other products, consumable products. So I think we should be okay. Uh, at least with some of what we're trying to sell, if we can get rolling on this um, yesterday. (laughs) Well, finally, when thinking about the issues that are facing the cannabis industry writ large, it seems like there are so many different components to this problem right now, and it would require a real comprehensive solution. Yet, Yet at this point, the legislature has really focused on sort of piecemeal solutions post the adoption of the MRTA, What's your sense of why the legislature, at least up to this point, has been unwilling to sort of embrace any major, big overhaul in response to what we're seeing both on the retail side, the farming challenges, uh, the cultivation side, the medical side? What's the reluctance stem from? 
Well, I don't sense a reluctance necessarily. Well, I mean, I mean nothing, got, mind, done. nothing you know. got done at the end of the session well, in terms of I would, big changes. I would argue, I would argue against that in, in the sense that the governor has put an awful lot of energy into trying to find a way to shut down all these illegal shops. I don't think anyone expected that to take hold to the extent it has, and it really crippled the rollout. Uh, also, New York is trying to do something that no other state has done, a really recognizing and honoring those communities that were hurt by the drug law and the individuals who are caught in that as well. So we are trying to do something very, very honorable. And it's no surprise that companies from out of state sued, that these unscrupulous businesses open. So it's it's been hard to just get a handle on the goals and the and and the uh, ideals of what of what we're trying to do. And those stores, we had four notices posted in my community alone of stores that were shut down. We're seeing some some actual action. Also, as the majority leader, Pistol People Stokes will say that the, the MRTA bill uh, had a really great playbook and it. it has to be executed correctly through regulation and guidance. And that's what we're, we're hoping to see happen soon. So my role and the role of Senator Hinchy is to worry about our the farmers who are growing the plants, whether they're in the fields or in greenhouses or potentially indoors. To, to make sure those those people who were expecting a good return on their investment really get what they deserve. Well, we've been speaking with Assembly Agriculture Committee Chair Donald Pardo. She is a Southern Tier Democrat. Assembly member, thank you so much for making the time and sticking with us through our technical difficulties. You're very welcome. Take care. Is your business, agency, or service interested in delivering your message to more than two dozen radio stations statewide carrying Capital Press Room? If so, visit capitalpressroom.org to contact our underwriting team.